Hey family, this is Javer Fitzbogle and I am the creative director of the Detox Movement Global Ministries and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that it blesses you. We hope that it challenges you and we hope that it encourages you to see that God is moving in your life. So come grow with us and enjoy the message. We're going to dive into God's word, um, but really quick, just reminding you guys of where we are coming from. We started a new series entitled Make Me. Now, if you've been here with us since the start of day one, listen, Make Me has been changing our viewpoint on what God wants to do in us and through us. We firmly believe that God wants to make us to become certain things in life, but he'll never make us do anything in life. And one thing we know is this, is that we serve a God that will never force himself on us, but he will always invite us into his presence. So we're going to dive into this topic today entitled, Make Me Fruitful. Make Me Fruitful. We spent some time over the past month, we started off talking about a teaching entitled, Make Me Sure. And this idea of being made sure in God was built around this thought that you'll never be 100% sure. But no matter how sure you are that it is God, that something is God, that God might be moving in your life, you always have to couple that sureness with faith. We then went on to understand that we were meant to be made light. That God created us to be like him in his lightness and his likeness. That we were created in the image of God. So we went from being made sure to be made light, and then we started to talk about being made room. One thing we understood is going into this new year, stepping into this new wave and this new place that God has us in. For some of us, it's a new season. For others, for others of us, it's a new place in our hearts, in our minds, in our family, in our jobs, in our business. God has moved us into another season. We talked about this message entitled Make room or make me room to understand that when God wants to bring the new things into your life, he will always bring in the new and he will push out the old. This week, we're talking about a teaching entitled Make Me Fruitful. Now, this past week, I had this encounter with one of my friends, one of my boys. We we're talking about this. I said, man, listen, you know, I've been going through a lot in my life these last few months, and I realized one specific thing that sometimes I'm not fruitful, and sometimes I'm fruitful, but one thing I know is that God wants me to be fruitful. To be fruitful means to be filled with fruit. So if you got your word with me today, pull up 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 1 to 11, and we're also going to read Genesis 28 and verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. I'm going to begin here. Now, Paul is talking. He says, but I, brothers could not address you as spiritual people, but as people in the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Mm. And even now you are still not ready for it, but for you are still in the flesh. For while there is still jealousy and there is strife among you, that there are not many of you, but to those which are present, you are in the flesh and behaving only in a human type of way. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? Wow. Who then or what then is Apollos and what is Paul? 
but servants to whom you believed. As the Lord assigned to each, I planted and Apollos has watered, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. Verse 9, we are, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building, according to the grace of God given to me. Like skilled master builders, I lay down a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Wow. Let each one take care of his bills upon He'll let each one take care of how he builds upon it, for no one can say or lay down the foundation other than the one which was laid, which is Jesus the Christ. Again, as I reiterate, we're going to talk about a teaching entitled, Make Me Fruitful. In Genesis chapter 28 and verse 3, it says, God Almighty, bless you and make you fruitful. And multiply you that you may become a company of people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for today. Father, this is another opportunity for us to come into your presence with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise. God, we just pray that you will be with us in this season, that you would press with us in this moment. Father, speak to your people right now in Jesus' name. Let every word that comes out of me be of your Holy Spirit and nothing but the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name, amen. So I was talking to my boy this week, you know, one of my family, this is my family, and I said to him, like, yo, man, listen, I feel like God wants to do something in my life. And I began to examine myself from the outside looking in. And I started to look at the areas of my life that I considered to be fruitful. And I don't know if you've ever been in this position before where you had to look at yourself from an outside lens looking in and look at the body of work that you might have produced today and say, wow, have I been fruitful? I would like every person listening under the sound of my voice today to ask yourself this question, have I been fruitful? Because one thing I understand, it is this, that God wants and desires to make us fruitful. He desires to make us fruitful not just because it's the thing that we ought to do, but because we were made to be fruitful. No inventor creates an item that was never intended for it to be used for the purpose it was meant to be used for. So God creates us to become certain things that we can follow through the way God designed us to be. God designed us to be fruitful. And as I looked at my life on the lens looking on the outside in, I was like, wow, yo, this area of my life is flourishing. What? Oh, this area of my life is slacking. Oh, this area of my life is real sinful. I ain't going to lie to you. And I started to see how certain areas of my life were not fruitful and other areas were fruitful. And as I began to evaluate, I learned one common thing that God wants me to be fruitful. If you're taking notes and you leave here today, that's what I want you to get, that God designed you to be fruitful. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 11, we're going to run through this in our Bible study today. It says, now, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people in the flesh. Why the flesh? Because sometimes we're in a position or a place in our lives where we're not able to live in the way that God had designed us to live. God designed us to live in the spirit while we are here on earth. Now watch this. The Bible says in Paul's words that it is possible to live in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There was a place that we were meant to live in, but you can't live or be in a certain place unless you understand who you were and who you were meant to be in the place that you currently are in. We are spiritual beings in physical bodies but we possess a soul. So the understanding here isn't that we're just people to function on earth, but God made us to be something. And if we're living our life on earth and not manifesting the thing that we were designed to be, we will miss how God created us to be. Now, Paul is speaking to them and he says, now, I came to you in such a way, but I couldn't come to you spiritually like, you know, how the Christians come to you like, I couldn't come to you like that because you were still in the flesh. You were still an infant in Christ, meaning you did not understand the ways of God. So I fed you with milk, not of solid or food, for you were not ready for it. Point number one, there is a time for you to plant a seed. Now, what some people don't know is this. You should not plant every seed in any season. There is a time to plant. Wow. Just like there was a time to reap, wow. Just like there was a time for harvest. The Bible says there was a time for everything. There was a time to cry, a time to mourn, a time to reap, and a time to sow. There was a time to plant. And Paul said to them, at this particular time, you were not ready to receive what I have. My question for you today is, are you ready to receive the seed that God wants to put in your life? Because the cornerstone of being fruitful is receiving the seed that God desires to give to you. Watch this. The Bible says that God gives seed to the sower. But if the sower is not ready to receive the seed, God will not give it. Because giving the seed has nothing to do with God being able to give. It has everything to do with you being able to receive. God gives seed to the sower. In verse Two, it says, now I fed them with milk, not of solid foods, meaning the thin things because they couldn't handle the thick things. Shout out to everybody that's fasting during this season. Because God wants you to understand that I want to feed you with something thicker. But the diet that you're on is something that is hindering you and it's debilitating you and it's filling you up in such a way that you cannot receive the thing I want to fill you up with. He's showing us in the season now, wow, there's something that I want to bring, but there's only a time. And when the time comes, you have to be ready. Now it says, for a while, it says, for a while there are, is still jealousy and strife among you. There are so many, excuse me, jealousy and strife among you. Are you not of the flesh and believing and behaving in such a way that is considered human? He's showing us one point that is clear. Everybody is human. Everybody's human. We all go through different stuff in life. Every single one of us is human. We're human. But one thing that is clear, human is not spirit. Person or man is spirit. Y'all, I'm helping you guys here. When God created man, he created a spiritual being and he gave them a body. He's saying now there is a way for us to live that is not considered the flesh, 
But we have to look at the way that we view our lives and we see how the way we look at the lens on certain things looking in and say, wow, okay, God, how have you called me to live? Have you called me to live in the flesh or have you called me to live in the spirit? Stay with me here. Verse 4 says, now for when one says, I follow Paul and another, I will follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? Now, this is the demonstration that we're pulling out our, our text tonight, which is to understand the difference between planting and sowing. Now, Paul, being a great leader in the faith, he draws this idea that even though I do things such as planting, you have to understand something. Yes, I have planted. Yes, my brother Apollos has watered. But even in spite of these things, there's an even greater picture that we have to capture. Some of us are in a place, in a mentality or a season, where we focus so much on the person giving us the food instead of the person who created it. Some of us are so focused on our religious teachers and our pastors of today. Y'all know your favorite pastors. Let's put, let, you put their name in there. Paul has planted. Your favorite pastor has planted. Your favorite pastor has watered. But, but even though they have done these things, look what it says here. When Apollos, what then is Apollos and what is Paul? Now, this kind of seems weird to me because I almost feel like personally, this is just how I feel. I feel like that was real ignorant. I, I feel like he was coming for his neck. He's like, yo, what's Paul? Like, like who's that? Like, who, who's Paul? And this is the mindset that I'm, I'm just, I'm pulling this out of scripture. It's like, wow, who is Paul? Who is the person that you get your meat from? Who is the person that you get fed from? Who, who is the person that, that's doing the dirty work and God's saying, I want to do something in your life? Who is the person that's taking the place of what you should become? He's saying, no, no, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? These are just people. And I believe that a lot of us need to get out of this place and this mindset concerning being fruitful, that the only way you can be fruitful is if your fruit is coming from someone else's tree. See, God wants us to understand this, that the essence of fruit is something that doesn't come from others. It doesn't even come from you, but the essence of fruit comes from somewhere else. And that somewhere else is God. He is the creator of all things. He says, now what is Paul? Who is Paul? Who is Apollos? What is Apollos? Are you not being merely human? But they are all, those people are only servants whom believed. Some of the greatest men and women of God that have influenced us today, they're just servants. Your parents that led you in the faith to understand the way you see things, they're just servants. They're simply a vehicle or a vessel that God uses to deliver his message so that you can get the picture and do what Paul and Paul and Apollos did, which was to plant and to water. Now, as I spent time reading the scripture, it's so easy to get hung up on the idea that Paul planted, Apollos watered, so all we got to do is plant and water. That's all we got to do, right? Y'all, give me some seed. You know what? God gives seed to the sower, right? Look, bang. I got some seeds in my, I got some seeds in the fridge. I'm gonna get some seed, I'm gonna get some water, and I'm gonna water it, and that's my role. That's my responsibility. But watch what it says here. In verse 5, what then is Paul? What is Apollos? And what then is Paul? Servants of those whom believed as the Lord assigned to each. Verse 6. I have planted, Paul, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Now, anytime in scripture we're reading this, this type of verbiage, we have to always pay attention to the choice of words. 
Anytime the word but is used, it does not mean to forget, but it means to negate. We don't forget what the text said, but we have to negate the idea that everything that happened before stands by itself. Meaning, Paul has planted, Apollos has watered, negate that. What's more important is that God gives the increase. And the beauty behind this is to understand that there is relevance in sowing. There is relevance in planting, and there is relevance in watering. But there is nothing more important than when God gives the increase. Y'all say it with me. The words, be fruitful, occur seven times in scriptures coupled together. If you look in the King James, you will find that be fruitful appears simultaneously together. Seven times. And this completed thought in my mind, it looks something like this. If being fruitful was a complete thought, then God made us complete to be fruitful. Okay? So if we were made to be fruitful, anything else outside the realm of fruitfulness was not what God intended for us to be. Mm. I want to talk to you really quick from the idea of forms. And I talked briefly about this idea in one of our, uh, our conversations that we had this week, was that every area of a tree has form. It has root form, which in essence is the result of a seed. You see, no root can be formed without a seed being planted. <laughs> Write this down. Without the planting of Paul, there is no root of Christianity. Without the planting of Jesus, there was no root of Christianity. You see, God came down to earth in the form of his son, Jesus, so that he would die on the cross and become a seed. And the seed that Jesus became ultimately became the roots that saved humanity. It was the root that delivers it's the root that sets up the tree. It's the root that makes a firm foundation. The root is important because without the root, you cannot produce fruit. Write that down. Without the root, you cannot produce fruit. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Now let your roots grow down into him. And let your lives be built on him. Wow. Then your faith will grow in the truth you were taught. The idea of this scripture is to understand that roots are never things that sit on top, but they're things that are planted in the ground. So Paul has planted. Who is Paul? Paul is nobody, but Paul is everybody. Paul is you. Your responsibility in planting is not to admonish the idea that planting is more important or watering is more important because we see here in verse uh, in verse uh, uh, verse seven. So neither, excuse me, verse seven, First Corinthians chapter three and verse seven. It says, "So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anybody. You ain't nobody, but only God who gives the growth." Why is that in the text if it doesn't matter? Because Planting is a required action in order to get roots. You cannot have roots without planting. And when God comes into your life as your Lord and your Savior, 
in the spirit, what's happening is God is now planting his spirit inside you to develop roots to produce fruit. Colossians 2 and verse 7 says, now let your roots grow down into him. Colossians 2 and verse 6 to 7 it says, now, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. I'm going to give you three points on how you walk in Christ Jesus when you are building your roots. And it is all found in verse 7. Verse 7 says this, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. You ought to root yourself, build yourself in Christ, and establish your faith in him. To root, to build, and to establish. How do I root myself when I'm planted? To root, to build, and to establish. To go into the ground, in the soil that you're in, and build up and establish your faith. When we're talking about the idea of root form, it is so important for us to understand that we cannot get to a place where we have a firm foundation in Jesus unless your roots are firm. I want you to ask yourself this question, how deep are my roots? Because the deeper your roots are is the more firm you are in Christ. For the Bible says to be steadfast and unmovable, forever bounding in the works of the Lord. How? To be firm in your roots, built and established with your faith. And when we toggle from the idea of being in root form, you cannot grasp the concept of being fruitful without understanding that there is a process. The process represents a tree. Now, everybody knows a tree. Y'all know this, but just as you plant as a seed, the seed manifests into roots, but the root becomes a tree. Now, this is the part that people don't like. This is the part that nobody likes. As a matter of fact, we don't like the idea of becoming a tree, but we love the idea of becoming fruit. Why is that? Because trees produce fruit, but only until it made it through the process. The process of a tree is to grow and become. Before you become fruitful, you have to become a tree. And before you become a tree, you have to become roots. The idea of being fruitful is more predicated upon becoming rooted in Christ. And although you plant like God planted his seed in you, you become the thing that God created by going through the process he designed. The designing of the process was becoming everything that God intended along the process and the destination. So looking at the idea of now being in tree form, this is good. I want to illustrate three major points. If you're writing this down, write this down. PWG, y'all can remember this, it's easy. To plant, to water, and to grow. Y'all stay with me. To plant, to water, to grow. To be in tree form, you have to first be planted, you have to then be watered, and you have to grow. And what's powerful behind this is that it has nothing to do 
with you, but it has everything to do with Jesus. Because if planting was the thing that made you grow, then you wouldn't need water. And if water was the thing that made you sprout, then you wouldn't need planting. But God said, I need faith coupled with action to produce. Wow. So the producing of a thing is when God takes your action of obedience and he couples it with your faith. And what ends up happening is you end up rooted in Christ. You end up building in your understanding of Jesus and your faith becomes established. Only trees that have been established in their faith, in their understanding of who they are, in the likeness of who they're meant to be can produce. I have never seen a tree produce prematurely. The reason why a lot of people are not bearing fruit in the season that they're in is not because they weren't meant to bear fruit, but it was because they haven't gone through the process. Being processed by God means that you go through what you were meant to become. You have to be seed form and then tree form before you can become fruit form. I want to illustrate this idea before we talk about fruit form. Although we plant and we water and we grow, we have to understand that planting is the same thing as sowing. Oh, I'm going to stay here for a second. And sowing is the same thing as tilling. It's also the same thing as tending. It's also the same thing as cultivating. Wow, because in order for you to water something, you have to till it, or you have to tend to it, or you have to cultivate it, but you have to first be planted. So you're planted when you're sowing. Why do you sow? You sow because you want to reap. In order to reap, you have to sow. So in order for you to sow, you have to give the thing that you want to become. This is why every single fruit, wow, has to become from the thing it was, which was a seed. You cannot have apple fruit from orange seeds, but you get orange fruit from orange seeds. So you sow orange seed to get orange fruit. This is where the principle of giving comes from. You give what you want. We tithe. And the reason we tithe is because we desire to receive. Now, we don't give to get, but God gave, so we give. This is why he says, I give seed to the sower. I give them seed to sow so that they can reap. My God, there is something powerful when we understand the process of tree form. Tree form means that you have to plant, water, and grow. You sow in planting. You till or tend in watering, and you happen in growth. <laughs> Y'all didn't catch me. You happen in growth, meaning you don't do nothing. It just happens. I said, you don't do nothing. It just happens. So, so watch this. If you sow when you plant, and you till in order to water, and it happens when it grows, it makes sense to sow till it happens. Sow until you receive the thing you've been praying for. Sow until you receive the thing that you've been asking God for. Sow until you become fruitful. Sow until you become the thing that you believe God created you to be. Sow until it happens. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Verse 6, it says this, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So you have to plant 
and you have to sow or God has nothing to increase. It's not God's need for you to sow. It's his desire for you to sow. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6, we can find the idea of watering and planting and increase. But it's in Proverbs chapter 28 verse 19 where it says, He, wow, this is so good. He who tills his land <laughs> will have plenty of food, but he who follows empty pursuits will have poverty in plenty. So, so if you don't sow and you don't produce and you don't do what God created you to do, yes, you will have what you reaped, which is nothing. You will have nothing because to not what? Sow means to sow. You sowed nothing. This is why the man with one talent, two talent, three talent, four, five, they got what they sowed. I know I'm running out of time, but this is so important, and, I, and we have to get through this. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden to cultivate and keep it. So we know that we have to cultivate. What did I say? To, to, to sow, right? You have to plant and then you have to water. To water that means to till or to tend or to cultivate. God put man there to cultivate. He said, water the garden, bro. Water the garden, my guy. Shorty, water your garden. Water your garden. Otherwise, it's not going to grow. I believe this point because I think this carries a lot of weight. That in order for you to reach the fruitfulness of how God created you to be, you have to go through the process of being in root form, tree form, to get to fruit form. In John chapter 15 and verse five, the Bible says, I am the vine. God is talking here. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and in I in him, he in turn then bears much fruit. You know, I used to think being fruitful meant that I had to just produce something. But God doesn't want us to just produce something. He wants us to produce much of something. When you're fruitful, you are filled with fruit. Write that down. To be fruitful means to be filled with fruit. Why is this true? Because you can produce anything, bro. You, you, you got an attitude problem, yeah? So what ends up happening is you, you produce that, and then you, now you just got this ugly attitude problem, and you're not producing much of anything. So the idea is that you do reap what you sow, bro. In order to become fruitful, you have to be filled with fruit. This is why if you look at any tree during its season of producing, you can determine how healthy the roots were by how many seeds it produced. If somebody looks at my ministry and what I know God has called me to do, I want them to see evidence of the seed, which is good fruit. I want them to be able to see God fruit. <laughs> this is so good. If God is in the fruit, that means he was in the seed. And if he wasn't in the seed, you will not see him in the fruit. John chapter 15, verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. This is so sick, bro. So prove to be my disciples. 
There is this idea that we ought to be fruitful. And the only way you could be fruitful if you were seedful. This is why no fruit that has seed in it is under seed populated. Made that up. <laughs> and the idea is like, I've never seen an apple with less seeds than it needed to become an apple. You know, when you cut open an apple, you see seeds in it, right? It has enough seeds to become the apple. So in order for you to be fruitful, you have to have plentiful seed. This is, this is crazy. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 8. I'm not running out of time. It says this. Now, he, he, you on Instagram, you on Zoom, you on YouTube, you, wow, you is like a tree. Crazy analogy, right? That's planted, watch this, by water. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. Y'all, did y'all know you can plant with water? Y'all thought you could only plant with seeds. Watch this. This is why when you go back all the way up to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, it says, oh, 7, it says, uh, um, uh, it says, now I have planted, it says, now neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. Because God gives the increase. Watch this. Whatever you sow, God will increase it. Whatever you reap, God will increase it. If you, if you sow thirst, ha, God will quench it. That's good. If you sow food, God will fill it. Yeah, yeah. If you sow finances, God will provide it. This idea of becoming fruitful is found in the roots. The Bible says here in Jeremiah 17, verse 8, it says, He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the streams and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and it's not anxious in the year of drought. I want to hand on this thought because I don't have time to run through the original pretext. But I want you to understand that just like Paul said in the beginning, Paul said, yo, Yo, I need you to get this. Paul said, it doesn't matter if you just plant or if you just sow. It, it, none of that really matters. What really matters is that you gravitate to the idea that when is important. There is always a proper time to plant. But watch this. The proper time to plant in Christ is now. There is never a better time to plant yourself in Jesus than right now. In fact, when it comes on to God and the things of God, now is the season he operates in. Now faith, now seeds, now this, now that, now this happened, and suddenly God moves in the now. When do you give yourself to Jesus? Now. When do you give your life back to him? Now. When do you start saving your finances? Now. When do you start going back to school? Now, when do you go and make sure that you have that baby? Don't abort it right now. When do you go back and restore that relationship? Now. Because now is the season that God operates. And Paul wanted us to understand that there is timing involved. And in Jeremiah 17, he wants us to understand that placement is involved. 
Place your, where you place your seed matters, bro. Hunter, on God, promise you, where you place your seed matters. Because if you take your seed and you put it in the streets, it's not going to produce. If you take your seed and put it on a rock, it's not going to produce. Why? Because you need the nutrients to produce. Wherever you plant your seed will always determine the roots. And the root will determine the process that you have to go through. And some of us are wondering, why is it that I have to go through this? Because your seed was planted in the wrong place. Your, your, your seed was in a place where you had to go through something that God's like, yo, I didn't even want you to go through that. I didn't want you to go through that relationship, bro. I didn't want you to have to go into that, get yourself into that situation. I didn't want you to find yourself in the hot seat of the cop car. Like, I didn't want you to have to go through that. Consequences are real. But wherever you plant your seed, that's where you're going to produce roots. And wherever your root is will determine the process. And the process is always an indicator of what type of fruit you're going to produce. But the fruit is always a reflection of the seed. Paul has planted, Apollos has watered, but God, I want to take this moment to pray for somebody who I believe is in a position where they don't know what to do. I want to pray for somebody that may have placed their seed in some bad soil. I want to pray for somebody who's producing fruit and they realize that this, this isn't the type of fruit that God meant for me to produce. I wasn't made to produce anxiety. I wasn't made to produce pain. I wasn't made to produce anger. I wasn't made to produce lust. I wasn't made to produce poverty. Like, God, why am I producing this fruit? And I believe the Lord is saying in this moment, it's because your seed was placed in the wrong soil. I want to pray for you. In fact, let's pray right now. Father, we thank you, God, for this, for this conversation. Holy Spirit, I pray that your word bounds your people. Father, I pray that this message was fruitful. God, I pray that this message carried beyond the screens and the cameras in this room. Holy Spirit, I pray that this message found who it needed to find and it was planted in fertile ground. Father, I thank you, God, for what you're producing in us because I know that it is perfect, lacking nothing. God, I want to pray for that person right now who is battling anxiety, discouragement, depression, that these things have now become seeds that were never meant to be put in certain places and fruits that was produced because of bad seed. Father, I, I, I just speak to them right now, Father. And I decree and I declare in the name of Jesus that that root, that seed, that bad seed, that bad root will be uprooted and replaced with the righteousness of God, with the love of Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, with grace, love, joy, peace. Father, plant new seed in your son, in your daughter. I pray, God, that today would mark the day of better seed form, of healthy tree form, and abundant fruit form. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name.
And I can't leave today without extending the idea and the offer of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I want to just stand here for a second and say, if you haven't received Jesus, this guy who I talk so passionately about, I just want you to understand that God is what you need. And as he desires to make you, he will never make you choose him. But if you choose him, God will make you to be something you never thought you could be. I want to pray for you right now. And if that's you, I want you to put a one in the comment section and connect with one of our chat hosts. We'd love to connect with you and pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right now. If that's you and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to repeat these words after me. Father, I'm sinful. Lord, I just, I need you. Father, I pray that you would come in my life today, right now in this season as my Lord and Savior. Father, take root in me so that I can become fruitful in Christ. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, family, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you have any questions, comments, testimonies, or prayer requests, we would love to hear from you. Send us a message to the Detox Movement on all social platforms. And be sure to get your official Detox brand merch at thedetoxbrand.com. And above all things, family, remember that you are loved, you are blessed, you are beautiful, and most importantly, you are detoxified by God's amazing grace. And until next week, family, God bless you.